This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthier Podcast. We're thrilled today to be joined by the CEO of UPMC Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, one of the great pediatric institutions in the country, Mark Sevco. We'll talk about trends in pediatrics, thoughts on leadership, and a little bit more. Mark, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Sure. Glad to, Scott. Thanks for having me. Um, as you said, my name is Mark Sevco. I'm president uh, CEO of UPMC Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. I've been um, president at this institution for two years, but I've been with UPMC for 27 years. had the great opportunity to work for eight different hospitals over that period of time, and um, half of that was probably in physician practice management and half of that time in hospital operations. So, uh, again, thanks for having me today. And thank you. Take a moment. So you're a lifer at UPMC. Take a moment and talk about UPMC Children's Hospital, maybe a couple points of pride in the Children's Hospital. No, I appreciate that. So we are um, proud to be a top 10 children's hospital recognized nationally by the U.S. News & World Report. Um, we're a hospital located in Pittsburgh, PA, and um, we're part of a large academic payer provider system some are familiar with called UPMC, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Um, UPMC has 41 hospitals. We have a very large health plan with 4 million subscribers, so, but we're the only children's hospital in our network. And so to be part of a payer provider, um, it's, uh, it's, it's truly a blessing in some ways. Um, a little bit about size and scope. Um, we're 313 beds large. We have um, top line revenue of $1 billion per year, um, including our hospital and physician services. And as any top 10 children's hospital, we really provide comprehensive you know, pediatric service line care from primary care peds all the way to complex transplantation. Um, we employ about 400 pediatric subspecialists. We have 700 office locations um, and really thriving in research. We're probably, I think we're number four in NIH grants, um, close to $60 million a year in terms of just academic research uh, funding and uh, also a magnet hospital for nursing. So those are a couple of uh, couple of things that I'm glad to share. Thanks for asking. So is a top 10 hospital in pediatrics. Talk for a moment about how a system, how an institution gets there. What do you have to do well? What do you have to do great to be that highly ranked an institution in, in any specialty, but in pediatrics specifically, as we're talking about UPMC Children's? Well, it starts with quality and patient safety, and uh, a big area of focus for all children's hospitals, certainly uh, for kids. Um, and so we measure those outcomes uh, across, you know, many uh, many situations. Um, patient experience, employee engagement, as well. You know, so we uh, really thrive on um, providing the ultimate patient care experience for every child, every day. Um, right now, UPMC Children's is over the 90th percentile in our HCAPS patient satisfaction results, and we've been there for two years. So we have a long sort of sustained record of uh, providing great patient experience for, for our patients and, uh, and our uh, parents. And employee engagement, just being a, you know, a, a place to work where you have a thriving culture that everybody's all in for the kids. Um, we also have a great foundation that provides tremendous support to us. Um, filling the gaps, allowing us to, you know, really provide the extra touches around um, child life specialists, um, academic research. Um, we have a campus here that 
is 300,000 square feet of research space. And it allows us to recruit and retain really the best physicians and scientists across the spectrum of 33 pediatric subspecialists, the uh, subspecialties that we have here. And, and, and take a moment and sort of, I mean, obviously, to be that elite, that great, a lot of subspecialties, a lot of research, a lot of funding, and it all starts with great people and a great culture. Talk for a moment about pediatrics. We've got listening in people that work in pediatrics, people that don't, uh, but everybody's familiar with pediatrics to an extent. Talk to us about a few of the key trends in pediatric medicine and pedi pediatrics today. Sure. You know, um, one of the paradigm shifts here that um, everyone's familiar with is the digital platform. And um, we have the ambition to be the top children's hospital in the space in three years. And so we're making investments. And I use the word digital platform broadly because it's not just telemedicine. Um, telemedicine, we all know, is much more acceptable. Um, it's been the silver lining, if any, uh, with the pandemic, COVID-19. Um, so we're embracing that. We're making big differences, and all of our physician specialists are trained on that um, and utilizing that now. But I use digital platform because the digital apps are, are really changing the game, too. Parents scheduling online, getting test results uh, via a portal, education on digital apps and, and mobile devices, um, you know, so I think, uh, and also underneath the digital platform, working from home, that's been a game changer. And how we are providing help to our staff to be able to work from home, both short term and long term. I'd say another one, shifting gears a little bit on trends in pediatrics, um, is evidence based practices. And this is something that, from a clinical practice guideline perspective, our scientists and our physicians are really you know, shifting gears. And we're part of a payer provider system, so we'll work with our health plan on this. 40% to almost 50% of every child that we see here at our hospital, um, over 300 beds, is our own health plan, UPMC health plan. So they have a real strong market share penetration in our area. So we collaborate with our, um, our insurer on the clinical, you know, pathways and, and really trying to weed out unnecessary costs, but in a way that sometimes, and, and the goal is to enhance quality. So really, again, working with our physicians to make decisions based on available evidence and, and those pathways. So that's, a, that's been a game changer for us. And I guess I'd add one more, Scott, that health disparities is a big one. Um, certainly in kids, um, we're looking to make a difference here um, in health disparities. These are, these are things that require grassroots campaign um, in terms of intervening to lower those health disparities for infant mortality, for asthma, diabetes. Behavioral health is a big one, too. You're going to see a lot of movement from children's hospitals making great strides in behavioral health for kids, uh, kids that are struggling with um, bullying or just anxiety, depression, um, other types of things. Um, by being in isolation, even with COVID, we're starting to obviously see concerns from parents and um, you're going to see great movement here, and it's very, very necessary. So, uh, again, um, I think those are, are some trends uh, glad to share. Thank you very much. And, and you've had a great leadership career, 27 years at UPMC. UPMC, one of the great regional health systems in the country. Talk a bit about what advice, Mark, you would give to other leaders trying to have great careers and be great leaders. Well, I appreciate that. I, I um 
one of the things that I truly enjoy is is um, being responsible for our executive training program for uh, UPMC. Uh, we hire uh, about seven postgraduate MBA MHA folks uh, and spread them out across our organization. And they always ask this question. I mean, it's um, and and we we set up a lecture series too for our executives to talk to our fellows. And um, I'll share a couple. I mean, at top of mind first is relationships. Um, in terms of you know, advice for leaders is develop those relationships, connect with the people you lead, um, look to inspire them, um, and uh, you know that's that's front and foremost is that, that connection. I, I'd say as well, just kind of role modeling, um, be yourself, but role modeling the behaviors that that you want to see. Um, you, know, you work for an organization that has values. I always I always tell our fellows too, like. You should really understand what the values of the organizations are. Read them and uh, understand them. Treat people with dignity and respect. Um, you know, carry yourself with humility. Service beyond self. And uh, that's what we, we we strive to be servant leaders, making an impact. Um, and I'd say, you know, another one is involving your leaders as much as possible. And in that regard, um, listen more than talk. And so for leaders, you know, we tend to um, like to think we have the answers, but the reality is um, the frontline staff, they're just truly amazing. Frontline workers, um, they, have the, they have the ideas and just kind of tapping into that, letting them know, that, you know, we're here to support them to do their job and uh, involving them, recognizing them, sharing best practices um, is, uh, is a reflection of a, of a great leader. And, and, and take a moment and talk to us about COVID-19 in pediatric hospitals. I think a lot of people aren't sure how it impacts and so forth. Talk a bit about what you're seeing with that. Well, with children, Scott, it's really been very interesting. Um, first, you know, with the public health measures that we have in place, wearing a mask, physical distancing, washing your hands, you know, avoiding crowds and staying home when you're sick, you know, these things are very important. What we've seen is that, you know, even with school going hybrid is the, the kids are healthier. I mean, that's a good thing, but um, the kids are healthier. And uh, with that, worse children's hospitals in general are seeing less patients in the ED, less patients with pulmonary issues and asthma, uh, and less viruses. And um, from a surgical perspective, we're, we've pretty much rebounded, but um, the one area that's down is tubes. Um, so for kids that need, you know, ear tubes uh, replacements, then we're down 30% because the kids aren't getting viruses. And um, so our volume has, has dropped, and I think children's hospitals are, are, are starting to, to right-size that a little bit. The second thing that I would mention to you is that it's been fascinating, but fortunately for kids, um, it's pretty well known that uh, they have less clinical manifestations. So even though they've had exposure or some diagnosed with COVID-19, um, they're less sick and um, they recover quickly and, uh, and some are even asymptomatic. And so for children's hospitals in terms of our, our census of, of managing COVID patients, it's really, it's really been almost a non-event. Um, we have 313 beds here. Um, our average joint census for COVID is less than one, um, truly, like through the pandemic. And these are kids are really responding to outpatient treatment and recovering very quickly. The last thing I would share with you is, you know, I, I think moving forward, it's going to be more challenging for us. In the spring, um, you know, we 
you know, cancel elective surgeries and uh, focused on mobilizing, you know, PPE for our staff and testing capabilities. I think we're good at all of those things. I think as we head into the winter, um, we're, we're going into a completely different scenario. Um, the numbers are up, and uh, for us, it's really going to be being prepared from a staffing perspective because we're li- learning to live with COVID, and children's hospitals are starting to get um, back to normal with volume. And so if we have more staff quarantines, which we're starting to see already because we have an upward tick in COVID, um, and some of that's, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's just COVID fatigue. Uh, people are less fearful. People are starting to socialize a little bit more, and we're heading into winter. And so we're concerned about that. And so, but in terms of providing clinical care and doing it very well, the thing we have to be very watchful for is our staff, making sure that we have enough staff to take care of our patients. And um, we're focusing a lot on that. And this is an increasing issue, just staff fatigue and trying to make sure places can stay fully staffed in this time of COVID, because it's scary for staff, even though it's, uh, you know, systems are doing everything they can to make sure staff are top priority, there's still a little bit of fear involved. Yeah, the, the, no doubt. I mean, if you have, you know, adult hospitals in particular have a lot higher census um, of patients with COVID in terms of uh, managing that. We, we're doing very well in that regard, though, because we've gotten very good at understanding um, how to screen and uh, the PPE that's required to protect our staff. So there's very, if, if at all, really truly any healthcare exposures from COVID patients. So we do that really well. Most of the COVID um, that's developed from our staff are in social settings. And so we're really embarking on campaigns for our, for our staff to really just be cautious and, um, and, and really dig in. We have a, a little, we have a while to go before the vaccine comes. And so we want to really just dig in, be patient and follow those public health parameters and, uh, you know, certainly we'll get through this uh, together. You know, COVID is, uh, I mentioned those, those challenges. I mean, I think we support working from home as well, and we support telemedicine. These are all things that, with COVID, that are impacting, you know, pediatrics in, in a big way. And uh, some of those will, will remain for a long time, even post-COVID, which, were, which will be good. In Pittsburgh, always known as one of the great sports towns in the country. You are a University of Pittsburgh graduate, the Panthers, but you've also got magnificent teams, Pirates, Steelers, Penguins, Moore. Who do you cheer for, if anybody? Any thoughts there? <laughs> yes, yeah, Scott, I, I'm, I love college sports. And uh, as you said, I went to the University of Pittsburgh, and I truly I love all of them. I I'm, I'm a big fan, though, of uh, Pittsburgh Panther football. We're not doing great this year, though. So um, if I had Tony to pick Dorsett? another, I'd go with the Was Pittsburgh Steelers. It? Yeah, Tony Dorsett graduated in 76 from uh, University of Pittsburgh. Dan Marino. We got a lot of great alumni. Yeah, magnificent, magnificent. Well, Mark, what a great pleasure to visit with you today. I, I, I love talking to leaders of the Children's Hospitals in America. It's such a fascinating part of our healthcare ecosystem and so important. What a great job you do. What a great job University UPMC Children's Hospital does. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Scott. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity.